0: peace be with you. We have some great news. The external mic on the uh, phone is working. So for those, yay, for those at home uh, that have been frustrated, I apologize again. Uh, It's not my fault. (laughs) But you know, the buck does stop here. But apparently the uh, programming from our friends at Apple have done fixed the Bug, and so my uh, technical advisor and son assures me that it is up and running, so yay. Thank you, Jesus, for that, yeah? I'd like to direct you to your bulletin, uh, just to take a look at the things that are coming up. Today is Mission Sunday, and uh, this uh, month your donations are going to Towards chosen people ministries, and that is the ministry that, um, we have uh, a closeness to through Pastor Ron Michelson, uh, who came up and did our Seder meal a couple of years ago with us. And this is a outreach to the Jewish community, um, where they reach out to them with the love of Christ. And um, as Pastor Ron says, uh, to make them completed Jews, or to help encourage them to become completed Jews. So that is where our uh, donations are going this month. And then I'll let you go through these uh, uh, different things uh, on your own leisure as I'm starting late, and so let us start with our opening hymn, and uh, let us praise God.
1: Letting go of every single dream, I lay each one down at your feet. Every moment of my wandering Never changes why you see I've tried to win this war, I confess My hands are weary, I need your rest Mighty warrior, king of the fire No matter what I face, you're by my side When you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move When you don't part the waters, I wish I I could walk through When you don't give the answers, as I cry out to you I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you you know what tomorrow brings there's not a day ahead you have not seen so in all things be my life and breath i want what you want lord and nothing less when you don't move the mountains i'm near I wish I could walk through When you don't give the answers As I cry out to you I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you I will trust I will trust I will trust in you I will trust, in you. I will trust in you I will trust in you
0: We come together this morning. and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain whose blood set us free to be people of God, power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God, Hallelujah. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb. Forever, Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God. For the Lamb who was slain has begun His reign. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! The Lord be with you. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Lord God, you led your ancient people through the wilderness and brought them to the promised land. Guide the people of your church that following our Savior, we may walk through the wilderness of this world toward the glory of the world to come. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
2: Good morning. The first reading this morning is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 22, verses 1 through 18. It can be found in your pew Bible on page 31. This is a very early lesson in trust, a concept that most of us have great difficulty with these days, or any day. It it shows the prophetic, it's a prophecy in a way, it's prophetic anguish. Abraham is about to sacrifice his only son. And that's a parallel with God the Father sacrificing his only son. And uh, as the pastor likes to say, every jot and tittle points to Christ. And this is way back in Genesis, pointing way forward. So here we go, Genesis chapter 22, beginning with the first verse. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed, because you have obeyed me. Next, we will read Psalm 25, verses 1 through 10 responsively, and it's printed in your bulletin. This is a Psalm of David, asking for mercy when enemies attack or try to discredit his kingship. Psalm 25, beginning with the first verse. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. And upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful toward those who keep the demands of his covenant. The third reading this morning is taken from the book of James, chapter 1, verses 12 through 18, which can be found on page 1880 in the Pew Bible. Again, this is a lesson in trust versus temptation. James chapter 1, beginning with the 12th verse. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because, having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Hallelujah. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark from the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading is taken from the book of St. Mark. It's chapter 1 verses 9 through 15 and can be found on page 1552 in your pew Bible. Mark 1 verses 9 through 15. At that time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And Jesus, as, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven and said, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And at once... The Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. And after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Our lives are are full of trials, aren't they? I mean, they really are. For example, the economy goes south, and our life savings and investments can suddenly be decimated our children they grow up and they start life on their own and we wonder if if they're going to make it the people that we love they get sick and the people that we love get injured and people that we love pass away and we get sick and we get injured and we know that one day that we too we will face death life is full of trials I've heard somebody say, and I'm beginning to realize it myself a little bit, that uh, growing old is not for the faint of heart. Today's readings from the Bible, they really talk about trials. The epistle from James begins with blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. The Old Testament lesson this morning is the story of that incredible trial that God gave to Abraham and to his son Isaac. As we read or heard, read to us, Abraham was to sacrifice his son. The gospel tells of the trial of Jesus when it said he withstood the tempter's full power for 40 days. Indeed, today's readings are full of trials. And we know that trials are as old as Eden, that God warned Eve in Genesis 2, 16, 17, he said this, you may surely eat of every tree, every tree, he said, but Of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. (laughs) And Adam and Eve, they ate. And we have been dying ever since. While we wait for death, our lives are full of trials. Now, even though we continuously bring trials into this world with our own sin, God is able, he really is able, to transform these trials and experiences that prove our faith. Instead of destroying us, these trials become like the fire— that purifies gold or silver or other precious metals. They are like the physical training that breaks down the muscle fibers so that it can grow back stronger. The author of the epistle to the Hebrews, he he put it this way in Hebrews 12. He said, it is for discipline that you have to endure. He says, God is treating you like sons. And for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? For a moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So there are two kinds of trials. There are direct attacks from the devil, the world, and our own sinful nature. Or there is another, a second type of trial, and these trials are trials that God uses to test or to strengthen our faith. Today's Old Testament lesson is an example of the kind of trial that builds up. Let's put ourselves in a moment for, um, well, let's put ourselves in, in Adam's shoes, just for a little bit. Imagine that you have trusted God with your entire being. God has been gracious to you and given you a son, a miracle, a miracle child really, a miracle child that has been given at the ripe old age of 100. Now imagine that God appears to you and he says this, he says, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now God has asked you to give your miracle child back to him. Even the way God asks you it reminds you of this child's place in your life he says to you your son your only son Isaac whom you love how many of you would would pass that trial could you do it yet abraham's obedience was immediate abraham rose Immediately, in the morning, he saddled his donkey. He took two of his young men with him and his son, Isaac, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering. And he arose and went to the place of which God had told him. There was no second guessing. There was no questions. There were no delays. There was just obedience. How could Abraham do this? Now the author of the epistle to the Hebrews, he has the answer to this. It's Hebrews 11, 17 through 19. He said this, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son of whom it was said this was God's promise through Isaac shall your offspring be named he considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead from which figuratively speaking he did receive him back now the key To Abraham's obedience is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's gift of faith. Faith in the resurrection of the dead that was his in God's promise of the Messiah. And it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through him could Abraham even consider such a sacrifice. And it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit could this trial make Abraham's faith even stronger. Now on the other hand, the trial in our gospel is an example of temptation. A temptation that seduces us into sin. However, in this case, the devil attacked Jesus he attacked him directly for 40 days and we have a special promise from God when we fall prey to such temptation the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write of this promise and you'll remember it as soon as you hear it 1st Corinthians 10:13 it says no temptation has taken has overtaken you that is not common to man God is faithful Paul writes and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability but with temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it God promised that even when the devil, even when the world and our sinful nature tempt us to sin, he will not allow the temptation to overwhelm us. Instead, he limits the power of the temptation and he gives us a way to endure it and to eventually escape it. In spite of this, in spite of this, we still sin every day in this flesh. The exact opposite is true when we apply Paul's words to Jesus. Let me explain. Since Jesus' ability to resist temptation has no limit, God placed no limit on the devil's power. This means that Jesus endured the full extent of the devil's tempting ability. He endured everything that the devil could throw at him. In spite of this, Jesus never sinned, not once, not even a little bit. That is why the author to the Hebrews could say, because Jesus himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. And he could also say this in Hebrews 4.15. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. But we have one who is, in every respect, he has been tempted as we are and yet without sin. Jesus' temptation is one more way that Jesus shows us that he is our true substitute. He gets it. He's been there. He would tell you, I've been there, and I know, and I'm with you. I promise. Now, Jesus' had to become our substitute, he had to become the propitiation so that he could clean up the mess that we made. He substitutes his perfection for our sin. He substitutes his innocence for our guilt, and his virtue for our depravity. And he substitutes himself as the target of God's wrath so that we can be the target of God's unbelievable love. He suffered hell so that we can experience heaven. He takes all the bad stuff that is to our credit, the stuff that we brought upon ourselves. And he credits that icky stuff to himself. And at the same time, he takes all the good stuff that is to his credit, and he gives and credits it to us. Luther called that the glorious great exchange. The temptation that we heard about from today's gospel is not the devil's attack against Jesus. We know that even at the end, Satan continued, he continued the attack. Even as Jesus hung on the cross for you and for me, those who passed by derided him. They were wagging their fingers at him. They were mocking him, and they were saying, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from that cross. And so also the chief priests And the scribes and the elders, they should have known better. They mocked him, saying, He saved others, and he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down right now from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusts in God, they said. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the Son of God. Even the thieves, the robbers, who were crucified with him, they also reviled him in the same way. Even as Jesus was dying on the cross for the sins of the entire world, the passers-by, the temple authorities, and even his fellow victims were the devil's agents. They all tempted him to give up the shame, to give up the pain and the death right up to the end. The devil tried to get Jesus to commit that one sin, that one sin that would cancel everything Jesus ever did. The devil never surrendered. But in the end, he was, he is, totally defeated. Jesus never sinned. The most startling proof of this happened a few days after Jesus died on the cross. The tomb where he laid, or where they laid his lifeless body, was empty. He's not there. He had risen. And if he were guilty of even one sin, we'd be able to go and visit the remains of Jesus to this day. But we can't. Because he isn't in the grave. He is alive again. He has lived a perfect life. He had died a sacrificial death and risen to certify his perfect victory over sin, death, and the devil. He did it. The gospel for the beginning of Lent, of which we are in, teaches us that Christ is indeed holy. He is indeed righteous. And that he rejected all temptation. And at the end of Lent, we will remember that he became full of sin. But not his sin. He became full of our sin, your sin, my sin, the sin of the entire world filled him. And as we remember the cross... We will remember that our sin filled him as he suffered and died to pay the penalty that God's justice demanded. It's a payment, a payment that freed us from our slavery to sin. We will remember that God saw him as a sinner so that God can see us as righteous. And now that that righteousness is ours through the Holy Spirit's gift of faith, the faith that the Holy Spirit creates and supports through the preaching of Christ's message. As the one who conquered Satan, our Savior, Jesus, he proclaims the gospel of God. You heard it today. His words were this, and they are timeless. They are true today. Hear him when he says, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. In the name of Jesus, amen.
3: Father's love for us How vast beyond all measure That he should give his only son And make a wretch his treasure How great the pain of searing loss The Father turns his face away As wounds which mar the Chosen One Bring many sons to glory Behold the man upon his cross, my sin his dying breath has brought me life I know that it is finished I will not boast in anything, no gift. have paid my ransom.
0: Will you please stand if you're able. Let us confess our faith together with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God Let us pray for all people in accordance to their needs. Heavenly Father, as we enter this Lenten season of repentance and renewed devotion, we pray that you would remember us according to your steadfast love and goodness in Christ and instruct and lead us by your Spirit in your ways so that we may repent and believe the gospel. Lord, in your mercy, Lord God, you placed the wood of the cross on the back of your only begotten Son, that as the promised offspring of Abraham, he might possess the gates of hell. Bless, we pray, his church and all those called to preach, and teach within her with the certainty that those gates cannot prevail against them, that in faith they may boldly trample every power of the enemy underfoot. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, preserve all catechumens and their teachers and all children and their parents and every Christian home from the assaults of the evil one. As your son overcame Satan in the desert by the word of God, so also give us the victory through Christ and his word. Lord, in your mercy. Father of lights, from whom every good and perfect gift comes, keep us from being enticed by our own desires to misuse your gifts in sin and help us to use them rightly in service to you and our neighbor. Bless all of our leaders that we may be governed wisely and justly for the good of this present generation and all of those to come. Lord, in your mercy Most High God, our refuge in every trouble, you have promised to hear when we call to you. We pray that you would command your angels to guard our brothers and sisters and all those who suffer in our midst. Keep them from every evil that can befall the body, the mind, and the soul. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, the time is fulfilled and your kingdom is at hand as your beloved Son comes to us here at the altar. By your Spirit, grant that we may receive him in repentance and believe the gospel proclaimed to us in his body given and his blood shed. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, we remember with thanksgiving those before us whom you brought forth by the word of truth, who now live and reign in your presence with your Son. As you also brought us forth by that word in baptism, we pray that you would bring us to full maturity by your word, that we too may be gathered with them to your Son on the glorious harvest of the last day. Lord, in your mercy. All these things and whatever else you know that we need, grant us, Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again and now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace responsibly and at a distance. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. You bid your people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast. Renew our zeal in faith and life. And bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us together pray the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done Uh, that Christ's righteousness for our sinfulness was uh, the great exchange, the glorious exchange, I think it's a really good deal. It makes all the difference in the world. And it replaces that death which you and I deserve with eternal life. And this meal that has been instituted by him and by his words is a deposit on what he made good, what that check cleared when he walked out of the grave on Sunday and he showed that he's alive. This is a foretaste of the feast that we get to enjoy with him for eternity in heaven. And for now, in this body, in this realm, it imparts grace forgiveness of sins. It rescues you from death and the devil all in one meal. You just receive by faith, which is a gift from the Holy Spirit. You may be seated, and you will be called up to receive this gift. He paid it all. And all to Him we owe. That means our love, our worship, our time. I think that's a pretty good trade. May He give us the strength through the Holy Spirit to be faithful and filled with faith in worship to Him. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn is Be Thou My Vision.
3: and the-